This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Bander Podcast. Man, I feel like I need to change my intro song, make it a little bit more sad and depressing. Eagles are 0-2. It's tough. I mean, you watch the Eagles and what they've been doing so far through two weeks, and you're thinking the sky is falling. Carson Wentz and the rest of the team said the exact opposite. They, word for word, the sky is not falling. Um, they're going to turn things around. I don't know. This is the thing I hate about the NFL so much is they play only once a week because we see a performance like that on Sunday and you have to wait until next Sunday to see if they're actually going to turn things around. They got a big matchup coming up against the Bengals. On paper, it looks like a pretty good matchup for the Eagles. They're facing rookie uh, quarterback Joe Burrow. Over the summer, I thought that this was going to be a great matchup for the Eagles. Blowout. Right now, they got to do a lot of work and a lot of improvement if they want to even compete with the Bengals because Joe Burrow looks great. I mean, I know he's a rookie quarterback. He's still, you know, making some mistakes, but he's looking pretty good right now. So the Eagles got to step it up. Today, we got a great podcast for you. We brought on Jeff Warner of All About the Birds podcast. Uh, we talked all about the Eagles' struggles, what they need to do to improve. Um, it was it was a great conversation. You know, it, it's good to you know vent about these issues and try to get out all of your thoughts. So I think we did that um, very well. But before we get into it, I want to remind you guys that this show is presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. Make sure you're checking us out for all of your Philly sports needs, win or lose. I mean, Eagles coverage is always there for you with PHL Eagles Nation, so make sure you follow us there. Uh, great content, always win or loss. Content is always coming to you on Twitter and Facebook, so make sure you check us out. And as a reminder, the Birds Banter Podcast is presented and sponsored by Thrive Fantasy. Make sure you prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. So for the NFL, you're going to choose 10 out of the 20-player prop options to build your lineup. They also have prop bets for the NBA, MLB, PGA, and even eSports. They got everything. So make sure you check out Thrive Fantasy. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive Fantasy has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and gave out over $50,000 in prizes for NFL Week 1. So make sure you head to Thrive Fantasy and use promo code BBP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant bonus of $20 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting their website thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, use code BBP as in Burr's Banter Podcast, and prop up today. All right, if you're feeling down about the Eagles, they're playing bad. Um, Carson Wentz isn't playing. His, I mean, he's actually playing worst out of all quarterbacks in the league right now, so that's just great. Uh, Doug Peterson, you know, he's not looking like his normal self-calling plays. The defense looks, you know, rattled out there. 
blowing assignments. If you're struggling with your Eagles fandom right now, we have you covered. We're going to bring in Jeff and talk about what is going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, everybody. Today with me, Jeff Warner. He's the co-host of All About the Birds podcast. We're going to be talking about the Eagles and their struggles as of recently. You can find Jeff on Twitter at JeffWarnerNFL. Jeff, how are you doing today? Things are coming on. Hey, doing pretty good, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we see the Eagles drop to 0-2 on the season. They lose to Washington and now the LA Rams. And it was ugly, both of them. But against the Rams specifically, I mean, the offense did not play well. The defense did not play well. You know, rewind to Sunday. Can you just take us back to what you saw? What's your quick overall observations from the loss against the Rams? I would say you pretty much hit the pinpoint on the head right there. I would say it was not a good football game uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, offensively or defensively. Defensively, they just had no answer for Jared Goff. Uh, they made him look like Joe Montana out there, 20 for 27, 267 yards, three touchdowns, a QBR of 142.1. I would say you're not going to be able to win football games, I would say. I know that you always had the uh, same comparison against Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, but Jared Goff looked like the better football player out there on Sunday. And a lot of that, I would say, went toward – went to the game plan of Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz is a type of guy, I would say, that wants to hit home and uh, get to the quarterback with his front four. And he's not a guy that's, that's going to adjust his game plan on the fly. He's a guy that I would say if he's going to live and die by the pass rush from his front four, and they, they just couldn't hit home. I would say Jared Goff had a clean pocket for most of, most of the game. He barely brought any type of blitz packages that even try to rattle Jared Goff. And I would say their defensive scheme and offensive scheme were very predictable. I would say the Rams knew exactly what the Eagles were going to do. And I would say from a defensive standpoint uh, uh, for facing, facing the Eagles, uh, they, they knew they just knew the max protect. You're going to give a clean pocket because I would say they, the Eagles had no pass rush, no answer for Jared Goff, and they were able to pick apart our secondary. I would say Darius Slay played overall well, I felt, but Jalen Mills was a liability again. Cooper Cup was shredding whoever was, in the, whoever was in the slot. And I would say the big name we heard all game long was Nathan Gary. I would say this might be the worst linebacking core in Eagles history in quite some time. So defensively, we kind of knew that this team was going to have struggles. We knew they were going to go through those growing pains, and we kind of expected the offense to pick the pick them up uh, by putting points on the board and driving driving downfield. I know uh, the defense got some uh, slack week one because the offense put them in bad situations, but defensively, I, I even if the offense puts you in bad situations, you need to make a stop. You need to have that bend not break mentality, which the Eagles have not done. They gave up uh, three touchdowns on the first three drives uh, of seventy five yards, seventy five yards, and twenty seven or something like that after the Miles Sanders. Uh, uh, turnover, which was a huge uh, tone uh, tone setter to start that football game on that opening drive. You just kind of knew what type of game was gonna was gonna happen, and just offensively. Uh, you, you expect a lot better. You expect a lot better from all around. I'll say I know week one, the offensive line was a huge struggle. We put all the blame on the offensive line for Carson's struggles. This week, the offensive line played well. We were worried about Aaron Donald this entire football game, and he, the, the offensive line went out there and for the most part shut him down. I would say he was basically a non-factor. They even sacked Carson once this game. And uh, overall, I'd say they gave him a pretty clean pocket, but just mistakes over and over again from your star quarterback, which you do not want from back-to-back weeks, erratic throws, bad decision-making, holding on to the football. He just looked very timid out there. And I don't know. I would say I don't know if it's a confidence 
uh, confidence thing or he's just – I know the whole talk this week is, is Carson Wentz regressing? And out looking at the tape and seeing what he's done the last two weeks, you don't expect this type of play from, your, from a fifth-year quarterback who's supposed to be your franchise QB, the guy that you just gave a huge contract to. So, unfortunately, I'll say I know Carson uh, blamed it a little bit on uh, communication and chemistry with the young receivers and not the offseason that they had. Uh, Doug uh, blamed it on that. But this is a fifth-year quarterback who's supposed to be the, your leader. And I'll say the one thing you want from your leading uh, from your star quarterback is some type of uh, leadership, which you did not see any of that on Sunday. And it could have been a lot worse. If Cooper Cup doesn't fumble that uh, punt and give the Eagles a short field that they were able to capitalize on and go in for a touchdown, this could be even more of a blowout. We might, we might not even had a five-point game at halftime, and it could have just been a complete disaster overall. But they just have to absolutely get better. The first two weeks is not a – is not nothing really too bright uh from the last two uh opening games absolutely jeff you mentioned being predictable and eagles were definitely predictable in week one and week two but against the rams first on offense you know the eagles haven't run anything really creative the only creative you know plays that they've had they put in jalen hurts for three snaps it was okay worked pretty well um you know the defense drew towards him to make sure that he wasn't going to be getting the ball um you know, I believe I have to go back and watch it, all those plays, but I believe every single um, play that Jalen Hurts was in, it caused net positive yards. So you see that he has a good impact on this offense already. Also, they were being a little bit more creative with Jalen Rager. He go, goes in with his jet sweeps and his misdirection plays, try to get him more involved. So mm-hmm. that's just a small sample size of what the Eagles can do. I'm kind of upset with Doug that he's not incorporating stuff like that more into this offense. Um, but going on defense, you mentioned Jim Schwartz. And, man, he drives me up the wall how stubborn he gets. Um, the past few years, it's been, it's been terrible because Eagles fans are saying Jim Schwartz has to go, he has to go. And, you know, he comes out with a good performance here and there, and everybody falls in love with him again. Um, he did it last year multiple times. He might do it this year. He, I bet he will. But, you know, he, he lives and dies by this front four and they invest heavily in the defensive tackle position to make sure he has the players to get the pressure without blitzing. But when you have Jared Goff running free, and like you said, look like Joe Montana, almost throw for a perfect passer rating. I mean, the first half was unbelievable from Jared Goff, and you don't make any adjustments. It's inexcusable. Um, You know, going off of predictability, the Rams are predictable. If you watch them week in, week out, every single season since McVay and Goff um, teamed up, you know, they – They run these play action, bootleg plays all the time. They love getting Robert Woods, Cooper Cup in space. They like their tight ends. The Eagles knew this was coming. So if you're looking at Jim Schwartz, you know, he says he had a bad game plan. Roddy McLeod and Brandon Graham said that they game planned correctly for what the Rams do, but they didn't execute in the game. So if you're Schwartz, what can you do going forward? Because they got – some tough matchups kind of coming up. I mean, Joe Burrow, he looks like he's legit so far. Then later on the season, you got Lamar Jackson, Steelers offense, something needs to change. What are you thinking? I'll say, honestly, I don't know how much yet you really can change with the personnel you have. I would say there, there will, we knew going into the season, there were going to be a liability uh, at linebacker. There are going to be a liability in the secondary. You kind of hope that your front four and this pass rush was going to be the strength of your defense and make those two weaknesses better. And I'll say the first two games, first two weeks, they, they have a combined one sack from Brandon Graham. The big key is you need to rattle your quarterback somehow. Jim Schwartz, I know, he's, like I brought up, he's not a guy that's going 
to bring different blitz packages very rarely. He needs to come. He needs to find something to make them come home in disguise. Sometimes the blitz packages with either like uh, with Jalen Mills, McLeod, someone that get to the quarterback. Because these, I would say, Joe Burrow, like you said, I would say he's his first two games, despite them being owned too, he has played extremely well. Uh, he and I would say they should dominate their offensive line this week. Their offensive line is definitely definitely a weak point along that offense. So if we cannot rattle Joe Burrow and uh, get to the quarterback this week, then we're in a world of hurt the rest of the season because I would say Fletcher Cox, I understand he's getting double team a lot, but I would say the guy, the amount of money he's making, the salary cap hit that he uh, is on that's affecting this team this season. He has no, uh, I think, no uh, no sacks and no uh, quarterback hits. I'll say you expected a lot more from your interior offense, uh, interior defensive line there. And Hargrave, I'll say he's played well against the run a little bit and also Malik Jackson, but you expect these guys also to make an impact, especially from your outside. No one's fearing Brandon Graham too much. I'll say, yeah, he got the sack last week, but he, he's, he's on the decline. I'll say Derek Barnett has been a first-round bust and been injured. And Josh Sweat, he's a nice rotational defensive end, a pass rusher to get uh, the uh, cause some havoc for the quarterback. But he's not an every down defensive lineman. So the big key, especially defensively, they need to find a way to improve this pass rush, especially against a young quarterback this week against Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, these defensive tackles, all three in Jackson, Hargrave, and Cox, all three are making more than $10 million average per year in their contracts. A lot of money for the defensive tackle position. The Eagles love investing heavily in this. We're seeing that especially in 2020. But, I mean, it the production is not there, like you said. No sacks to, to call for it yet. In week one, I think Malik Jackson played um, the best out of him and Cox. But, you know, it's not like they're dominating. You know, the Eagles, they have and, good defensive. In the ground game, I would say they got torched, I think, for the most rushing yards the defense has given up in like I think like five or six years so yeah. I would say you, you expect better from your defensive front of uh, clogging those holes and hitting those gaps uh granted a lot of that's also linebacking play too I would say they need to know their assignments but I would say you it, it, the first line of defense is your defensive line especially in the run game so I would say you need you expect better especially from an all pro defensive tackle like Cox like Hargrave a pro bowler like Brandon Graham you, you expect these guys to play better absolutely and you know, the Eagles' defensive line the past couple of years haven't had monumental amount of sacks. They strive on getting quarterback hurries, quarterback pressure, and making sure that the quarterback is, you know, pressured into making poor decisions for just throwing the ball away. Right now, you're not even seeing that. They're not even getting pressure on the quarterback. So we're talking about, now with the Eagles struggling, we're talking about Carson Wentz, we're talking about Doug Peterson, we're talking about Howie Roseman. But my one question to you before we move on to the offense real quick is it time to worry about someone like Fletcher Cox? He's been dominant in you know his entire career, but 2017, 2018 were his last solid years with the Eagles. 2019, you know he regressed significantly. He said it, he said it was because he wasn't healthy the full year. You know that could be true, but now in 2020, we're two games in and he looks like a non-factor. I know he's getting double teamed, but this is these are matchups that Cox can exploit earlier in his career. Is it time to worry about the highest paid defensive lineman on the league and uh, on the team? I don't know if it's time to worry. It might be time to, what's the word I'm looking for? I would say, keep an eye on it. I would say Cox, I would say he is about to be 30 years old this season. Eagles, I would say, are typically a team that tries to move on from 30-plus players uh, towards the end of their career once they are on their decline. Uh, but I would say, like you said, they, he was double-teamed a lot the last couple of years because 
they haven't had that interior presence besides him along that uh, defensive line. So the fact that they have Hargrave and Malik Jackson uh, uh, in the rotation uh, aside with him, I think that's going to – you're going to see a little bit better numbers from him uh, as the course of the season. I would say if you see him being a non-factor then this week or the next couple weeks, then it might be time to worry. And then I would say, like I, I, I would say, it's being discussed that were uh, thrown out there. Uh, they have, Like you said, they have a tough stretch of football games the next few weeks. They have the Bengals this week, the 49ers the week after, uh, which they're complete, They're almost depleted right now, so we'll see who will be available for them. So the next two weeks could get them back in the hunt in the thick of things if they can pull off these two next, uh, next two victories. But uh, they have Baltimore. They have the Steelers. Uh, they have the Giants and the uh, Cowboys uh, later on as well after those games, a couple divisional matchups. So uh, might be, I would say the pain with their record is they might, it might be the time. I don't know if they move Fletcher or Ertz or someone uh, come trade deadline. I was like, cause this team right now, they have a huge salary cap uh problem for next season being 15 like 50 million over the cap at the moment which I know they're rolling over trying to roll over the 20 million they have this year so it'll be a little bit less but Howie Roseman needs to find some way to uh improve this cap space for next year so they can try to build this football team uh, towards the future and I'll say unfortunately I'll say you have to get rid of some of your assets possibly so I'll say they're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of Hargrave after they just signed him I'll say Malik Jackson's played well so uh, Fletcher, I don't, I don't see them moving him, but he's he's probably gonna be a name that's gonna come up along with Ertz if, around the trade deadline. If the team is in shambles and there's no hope at the playoffs, then they might become sellers to get some uh, get some assets to, for the draft or the move some of that cap space. But to answer your question, I wouldn't worry too much yet. Uh, it's one of those things that I would just look upon, keep an eye on for the rest of the year and see and see what the issue is. I would say he. Uh, it might not be Fletcher. I would say we, we're not out there. We don't know the assignments. We don't know the schemes that's going on. We try to watch tape, but ultimately, uh, you like I agree with you though. You expect a lot more from your All-Pro def- uh, defensive tackle and the leader of this defense to make some type of impact, especially the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, you bring up a good point about these next two games with the Bengals and the 49ers. Um, both on paper right now, it looks like perfect matchups for the Eagles to get back into the you know race with the NFC East, get some wins on the board, go back to 500. Because right now they're 0-2. Try to get some wins on the board before you get to the tougher part of your schedule. Um, you know, easier said than done because the way the Eagles are playing right now, I don't think they're ready to beat the Bengals unless they're making significant improvements. And the 49ers, although they're going to be without Garoppolo, probably Mostert, um, Debo Samuel, not sure, Richard Sherman. He's going to miss the game. Obviously, Bosa and Solomon, yeah, Solomon Thomas are going to be out. So it's huge for the Eagles. I mean, it's unfortunate they're hit with these injuries, um, but this is an opportunity to capitalize on them. If, if they come out of this hunt, the, these four, these first four weeks at 0-4 or 1-3, you're going to hear a lot of people talking about the Eagles being sellers at the deadline, like you mentioned, and big names are going to come up. I mean, Ertz is already involved in trade talk or trade rumors. Or not rumors, but you know, speculation among yeah. fans. Um, but I'm I'm sure you're gonna hear something like Fletcher Cox, um, players that seem like they're gonna be huge um difference makers for the Eagles now might be on the odd end of the deal. Um, uh, but going to offense, Eagles have been struggling heavily, and one player that they were trying to rely on to get better this season is J. Jarethega mm-hmm. Whiteside. You know, they rebuild the wide receiver core but it still was going to involve J.J. Ortega-Whiteside heavily. All offseason, he's looking better in camp. He looks faster, looks stronger. He even mentions one day to reporters he scored two or three touchdowns in training camp that day. 
they said, hey, what about that touchdown catch? And he goes, you got to be more specific. I had plenty of them today. I mean, the confidence was through the <clears> roof. Everybody's looking to see J.J. improve. Right now he's got two targets, zero yards. What do you see out of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? What's going on there? I wish I can tell you. I'll say I don't know if it's – they just feel the players that are out there are better suit for the, their offensive scheme right now. I know, um, I know a lot of the problem is they're doing a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, so I'll say, you're not going to take Deshaun out. You're not going to take Rager out. So I'll say the, the amount of snaps he's getting is very limited. Week one, he only played 41% of the snaps, 23, uh, 23% last week, uh, 16 snaps. So I'll say the, he's not getting on the field, so he's not really getting the opportunity, but is that because they feel he's not, the, better than the guys that are, they're putting out there. Uh, did the coaching staff and Doug lose confidence in uh, JJ? And if that's the case, that, that that's something that the Eagles have had a problem with. Now, so he was a high draft pick uh, a year ago. So you expect it in his second year to make leaps and bounds uh, to make those improvements. But after the first two games, he has no catches. In 18 games uh, played, he only has 10 receptions. That's not what you want from a high draft pick that you dra uh, drafted to try to improve this receiving core to give Carson Wentz some weapons. And a lot of that, I would say, comes back to Howie Roseman. The one thing that Howie's been indicted on and completely cr uh, criticized about is his horrible scouting and his horrible uh, draft decisions. And here's another case. I'll say, JJ, uh, you expected a big year from him. He looked like he had a strong camp. And I don't know if he's just not in good graces with Doug or just the schemes they're doing. Because like I said, they're using a lot of uh, 12 personnel with the two tight ends. Uh, I'll say last week, I think Goddard had like 91% snaps and uh, Ertz, I think, had like 96% snaps. So I'll say they're very high there with those two. Uh, I, I hope he improves, but I'll say they're not going to move on from uh, JJ just yet. I'll say he's still in his rookie deal. Uh, he doesn't really have any trade value right now unless a team is extremely desperate. I know a lot of fans are like, why don't you just cut him or why don't you uh, try to trade him? But he, he, he doesn't have, he's more valuable on the roster than off the roster right now. Say you're already thin at the wide receiver position. Uh, you'll know when Alshon's going to be back. Deshaun, he's been a non-factor for the most part. I would say he was shut down the first half and then they were able to get him going uh, in the second half of the Rams game. And uh, Rager, he's getting a couple uh, big receptions here and there, but I would say defense are finding a way to uh, take away our pa our passing game. I would say, they, like, uh, the Rams defense, I forget who exactly was quoted, but he said, we knew what they were going to run. We knew what they were going to play. We, we All we had to do was take away their deep passing game, and that's exactly what they did. I think they only threw it deep, like, once or twice down the field, which it might have been, been Doug's game plan, uh, whether he was trying to get the quick passing game going because he knew the offensive line struggles to try to neutralize Aaron Donald, but – it's frustrating, I would say, a pick like J.J. is not getting playing time. He's not being productive. And I know the common, especially after um, Sunday night's game uh, with the Seattle Seahawks and the, uh, and the Patriots, you see D.K. Metcalf go off uh, for another big uh, big game. And then everyone's talking about the comparison. Uh, we could have D.K. instead of J.J. Granted, it, it's, it's a catch-22 type of thing. I would say always after the draft, you're always going to say, look at Randy Moss. How many teams passed up on him in that draft? So you never really know. It's a, it's a hit, hit or miss when it comes to draft picks. But hopefully he can get things rolling and get some type of uh, acclimated to the offense and get some, um, get some playing time because desperately right now, the, the big targets right now are the tight ends. And teams are – the Rams found a way to eliminate Ertz, and they, they couldn't they, – Wentz couldn't throw the ball.
And everyone wants to uh, criticize Wentz on uh, or uh, criticize JJ on that interception. Grant, he probably should have fought for it a little bit more. But I'll say that was all on Carson Wentz. You look at the game, pl- uh, you look at the tape. I'll say JJ got open down the seam. He was open right down in the middle of the field. Carson held onto that ball way too long, and he was a little hesitant, a couple seconds delayed, and the safety made a great play to come up with the interception when he threw the JJ in the end zone. So, but I, I, I just hope they, I, I just hope I'm not wrong, and he ends up being a bust. I'll say you always hope the best for some of these guys, but right now I'll say he's not panning out to be that high draft pick that they uh, drafted him at a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I want to touch on that you said is these receivers in 2019 that were drafted, DK Metcalf, and I defend Harry Roseman a lot. A lot of fans do because uh, it, it's a lot more difficult than you think drafting players. But when you look at the wide receiver class in 2019, the wide receivers taken after J.J. Ortega-Whiteside are D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin was drafted after, I believe, Darius Slayton. All are making impacts the rookie year and then also in year two. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside can't say either of that. Um, also, another situation where he just you know, did not evaluate the draft class well at all. 2017, the running backs, you know, they, they were all in on Dalvin cook end up, you know, he goes a couple picks before they bring in Sidney Jones. Obviously we know where that went then um, round four, they bring in Donald Pumphrey. After that, there's Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, um, you know, all these great players now in the league who are making difference for their teams. Donald Pumphrey didn't even make the team. Um, so it's troubling to see how Howie Roseman evaluates talent. Yes. He does have some hits with, Miles Sanders, um, Dallas Goddard, great draft picks, but you need more difference makers. Uh, but with JJ, you know, it, it's troubling. And I'm really interested to see, I can't make my full evaluation on how he's fitting in with his offense until I see Alshon Jeffrey back in. Because right now the Eagles only have two possession wide receivers on the team. And it's JJ Ortega-Whiteside and Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon is not healthy. He's probably going to be back week four, I would imagine. We'll see how he's practicing this week. But um if Alshon comes back in and he's a big part of this offense, it shows me that they have no faith in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Because, yes, I agree with you. The Eagles love running 12 personnel. They're going to keep those tight ends on the field as much as possible. But if all of a sudden they start switching to either 11 personnel or just putting in Alshon and Deshaun or Alshon and Rager every mm-hmm. single play, it shows you that J.J. just doesn't have a role in this team yet. And it's troubling. Um, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt because I don't necessarily want JJ off the team because although he's not producing, it's not like he's producing negative for the Eagles. When you had Nelson Aguilar and his struggles, he's dropping passes, he's fumbling, negatively impacting the Eagles. JJ is just not catching the ball. So hopefully he can come around, but um, it's difficult. I mean, when you look at this wide receiver group with Deshaun, Alshon, Jalen Rager, you know, John Hightower got some looks in week one. Who do you think is going to be the lead guy all season? You know, if injuries happen, who is the one that Wentz is going to rely on outside of these tight ends? I was saying, if he can get on the field, the big name that he's been relying on all the training camp has been Greg Ward. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would say, especially since Doug said he's going to be the main guy in the slot. Uh, he he he's basically this this generation's Jason Avon. I would say he's not going to be a speed guy, the guy that's going to uh, break away for the big deep ball. Uh, but he's a nice possession receiver, a guy with great hands, a guy that's going to help you move the chains. Uh, and he he's reliable. I would say Carson likes him a lot. I think that's the only maybe the only reason Greg Ward uh, made this team this season. That and the lack of off season. I would say you, with the lack of off season because uh, because of COVID nineteen. 
2019. You didn't want a lot of turnover from your roster. Uh, and just because of the chemistry that Wentz and Greg Ward had a season ago, uh, you saw the production and you saw uh, the chemistry that those two have. Uh, if someone goes down, I would say the guy that I think he's going to rely on besides the tight end, it, it's going to be Greg Ward. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to, I'm not saying he's not going to throw to Rager or some of these other guys, but they, they need it. They need some spark. And right now this offense does not have that. I would say a lot of it. Yes. Wentz has been playing extremely bad. He, I would say not the kind of performances that you want from your uh, franchise quarterback. But again, I would say the one that I've been ultimately blaming uh, for this start, it has to be the guy at top, uh, Doug Peterson. I would say he's the one that has to put these players in the right position. I know the old cliche to Andy Reese is I need to do a better job putting my guys in position. That's exactly what needs to happen because Doug Peterson, I would say, is being uh, asked week after week, I would say, is uh, Carson regressing? Why aren't you doing this with Carson? And he's like, well, I – I, great question. We should. I'll say, as a head coach, you need to understand your quarterback's weaknesses. And I'll say, everyone sees that Carson's a type of guy right now that is very erratic. He's not hitting throws. He's very uh, careless with the football, especially when he's trying to extend plays. He's not a guy that has a lot of accuracy in the pocket. And I'll say, he, one of his big things coming out of college is he's great outside the pocket rolling out. And, and Doug's not doing that. Week one, I understand. I'll say, they tried doing the play action. And, it just wasn't working because uh, the lack of running game and the lack of executing the running game. Uh, this past week, I would say Miles Sanders, they had a heavy workload with him and I would say they used him a lot until they got down until they got down a lot. Uh, but I would say Doug, ha Doug has to be the guy to realize what his quarterback's weaknesses are and how to get rid of those weaknesses and put uh, Carson with the game plan in a better position to make the throws he needs to to help rejuvenate, uh, rejuvenate this offense and get things clicking and going. And I know everyone wants to criticize Carson, which rightfully so. He, he, he deserves, deserves a lot of criticism. It's 1A Doug and 1B Carson. But Doug Peterson really needs to adjust the way he's designing uh, this offense. It's very vanilla. It's very predictable, like we brought up before. And the one thing I would say from Doug that I would say he did not do this offseason is bringing an offensive coordinator. He's one calling the plays. He thinks his play calling is working. And after two weeks that you have six turnovers, you lead the NFL in turnovers, your quarterback leads in all negative quarterback uh, quarterback stats, uh, you uh, your defense is lying 24 points off of six turnovers and your quarterback's obviously not getting the job done. You scored 17 points the first week and, and then uh, what 19 points this week. So I'll say, obviously your offensive game plan is not working. And then, and Carson, if you, I don't know if it's Carson he doesn't believe in, or because everyone wants to compare uh, the way that he ran the offense and how successful it was with Nick Foles here. I'm not trying to get into that argument, but it shows something that, Maybe Doug um, is not not being able to run the offense he wants to run because he feels Carson can't run it. And I'll say, and it's just becoming very vanilla offense uh, with Carson Wentz and his game plan. He expects with the amount of speed that they have, they can just go deep the entire game. But with play action, the play action is not going to work if you don't have a successful run game. And uh, that, that showed week one. So one of the, I would say the one person I would blame so far for the for the Eagles woes has to be Dougie P and he has to improve his offensive game plan to put Carson and these guys in a better position to hopefully win a football game and hopefully that's the case to get going this week against Cincinnati yeah definitely I mean there's so many factors that go into the a successful off offense you know back in 2016 
Um, Eagles were lacking a running back. Everybody thinks they're running back away from being a good offense. They finally get the running backs in 2017. Everything clicked. 2018 didn't have a deep threat. So 2019, you bring Deshaun Jackson, plays one game. You saw his impact, how good they could be. Now, I mean, nothing's coming together because of Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, the two that you can you think that you can rely the most on. They have good running, uh, good running backs. They have a good wide receiver core. They have great tight ends. But nothing's clicking because it starts at the top. So Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, they need to improve um, what they're doing on the field. Doug Peterson with his play calling, Carson Wentz with his actual play on the field, but also off the field. They need to step up as leaders, make sure these te- this team, these players rally around them. I know we've been mentioning a lot of stuff about the Eagles so far and um, their season you know, up until this point. But Jeff, give me one thing that they really need to hone in on and improve if they're going to turn us into a, a successful season. Yeah, there's a lot of things, but I'll say the one thing, like I just brought up, it's it it starts with your quarterback play. I'll say you in this league, you need a strong quarterback, and you need your quarterback to perform for you at an extremely high level. And we know what Carson is capable of. We saw in that his second year uh, in 2017, where he had those 30 plus touchdowns, and a guy that took care of the football, a guy that. Uh, made the right decisions and was going through his progressions and reads and making the throws. And uh, the first two weeks, you did not have that. So he has two touchdowns in two games and and uh, five turnovers. Uh, yeah, five turnovers uh, from your quarterback. So the one thing that the key for them to turn the season around, it has to come from the quarterback. You need Carson to play better, and I say he needs to go out there and whether. Like you said, he needs to be a leader. He needs to be a guy out there that's going to run this offense efficiently, have the confidence to go out there and perform, and and he just needs to he, he needs to play better. That's ultimately, I would say, I think the the main thing that is holding them back right now. And if he's not the guy, I would say you're going to hear a world of hurt from uh, the Philadelphia fan base. Because granted, I was I was a guy this season going into this year. I did not expect a lot of expectations. I felt the team had way too many holes on the defensive and offensive side of the football and too many unanswered questions. And But everyone going into this year felt there was a border, a lot of fans and a lot of people that felt Carson Wentz was his elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. And right now, the first two weeks, you're not seeing that elite status right now. And uh, he, he needs to do a lot better job. And I, even, even if he does, I do not see the Eagles making – that deep of a playoff run. Luckily for us, I would say our division's horrible. I would say you Dallas had a lucky miracle this past week. The Giants are 0-2. Washington, of course, beat us, but they're usually a team that the Eagles, they're, they're like the Eagles kryptonite. They're all those years, I think like three or four years, they like lost, uh, they lost six straight at one point. So, but I would say it's a winnable division. It starts and starts this week against Cincinnati. Uh, they need to get on some type of rhythm and some type of role. And I, for them to even have a chance, I think at the playoffs, they have to win th- at least three of the next five. They need to win the next two, and they need to steal one against either the Bengals or not Bengals, the Steelers or the Ravens, and then beat the Giants going to that uh, first Cowboys game, which will probably give whoever wins that game between Eagles and Dallas their early, uh, their early. Uh, lead in the division so that, that that's that's my opinion on what the Eagles need to do and these it comes from Carson Wentz and he needs to play a lot better if he's going to be considered your franchise quarterback yeah I'm right with you it starts with Carson Wentz because number one on the defensive side of the ball yes they have struggled greatly against the Rams but we've seen them struggle a lot in the past um, they have the talent there I'm confident in Jim Schwartz to turn things around like I said before in this podcast you know they 
he, you know, drives you crazy. And then a couple weeks later, he'll put on a great performance. So he'll turn things around eventually. It might take another poor performance from the defense until he finally figures out what to do, but I'm sure they'll be fine um, going forward. Carson Wentz, you know, the entire offense relies on him. If he can show that he's confident in the pocket or outside of the pocket making throws, then Doug Peterson is going to open up the playbook more. These receivers are going to feel more confident in their routes and what they're doing on the field. Uh, Miles Sanders is going to feel more confident running the ball and knowing where he's supposed to be going when he's getting out of the backfield or protecting Carson Wentz. Um, The biggest issue I have with their offense right now is the Rams and Washington both took away the deep ball greatly. You know, they Mm -hmm. made sure that Deshaun and Rager were not going to go deep on their defense, which it is fine. I mean, it's smart. You have two great deep threats. You don't want them to give up any chunk plays. This is an opportunity for the Eagles to feast down below and in the middle of the field. You have great tight ends. You have Greg Ward, like you mentioned. I mean, he's a zone buster. He can just sit underneath and catch anything that you throw to him. JJ is a great possession receiver. He should be. Alshon Jeffrey's coming back. If you start capitalizing on these short to mid-range throws, then all of a sudden the deep ball is going to open up. Uh, Doug Peterson is going to open up the playbook. Jalen Hurts might get in and get a little creative with it. So Carson Wentz needs to, you know, throw more accurate passes, get more confident, and then the entire team is going to look better. I mean, the defense feeds off the offense, in my opinion, uh, not the other way around because that's just the way it has been the past couple of seasons. But, um, yeah, we definitely agree that Carson Wentz is the key to the success going forward. Looking forward, before we got here, looking forward to the Bengals game, I want you to give me a key to success against the Bengals. I know we mentioned pressure against Joe Burrow, but is there anything else that you look at and say, this is what the Eagles need to capitalize on if they want to get to one and two on the season. I think with Carson Wentz's struggles right now and to build his confidence right now, Doug has to go heavy in a heavy run uh, run game this week, especially with Miles Sanders. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, he had that fumble, but besides the fumble to put them in a bad position, he uh, he did play extremely well. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage. You need to get you get you need to get Miles Sanders more involved in this offense. I understand it was his first game uh, of the season, coming off that hamstring injury, so they didn't want to overuse him and give him that big of a workload. But uh, one of the keys I believe is it's going to come from Miles Sanders and how he's acclimated into the offensive game plan this week and getting him more involved especially like you said teams are finding a way to take away the deep ball uh you the also take, take away the tight ends the rams i uh, was last week i think held uh got on earth i think like four or five catches so they were basically a non-factor for the most part uh so uh, miles sanders i'll say you expected a big year from him this year and this is the perfect uh perfect game to get him rolling and getting him uh get him going in the offense and open things up for the offensive playbook like you brought up, uh, w- whether it's the run game, the screen game. Uh, the one the one thing that's going to be uh, interesting to see is how the offensive line gels this week, especially with Sam Alu being put on IR. Uh, last week, I would say I felt prior when he came in for Sam Alu, play, he played pretty, pretty well, especially putting in the situation he was in, going up against uh, helping uh, control Aaron Donald and the rest of that Rams pass rush. So uh, it'll be interesting to see – from Doug, uh, how he game plans this week because the, the last week wasn't too bad, but the first week, I'll say just the fact they kept on doing play action, deep ball, deep ball, and it, there was nothing there. It's, he needs to find a way to, to expose this Bengals defense, and I feel Miles Sanders is the X factor to do that. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, looking at the Bengals defense, they're not very experienced. You know, they might try to take away the deep ball like other teams have done. I don't care if they're running cover two, cover three all game to try to take away this deep ball. You know, like I said before, 
get these short passes out of the way. Let the defense respect Carson Wentz's short ball accuracy, respect the tight ends. My key to success against the Bengals, key to victory, like Carson, let it rip. I mean, the only way that this offense and Carson Wentz is going to build up their confidence besides Miles Sanders feasting and trying to carry them to a victory is throwing the deep ball and completing one. I mean, if this team gets one 50-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson or Jalen Rager, it's going to – I know I know there's going to be struggles still, but everything's going to seem all well with the Eagles. Everybody's going to be so excited about this long touchdown pass. Carson Wentz, I can just see him running down the field, a smile on his face, going to you know, celebrate with his teammate. This is what Wentz needs. He needs to have something big happen with his offense to fire him up and get going, um, You know, not feeling sorry for himself, sit on the bench, watch his play on the tablet, not talk to anyone. He needs to make sure he's making a good play. All it takes is one play, and then this offense can start to get rolling. Doug Peterson is going to feel more confident. So that's my key to victor. I don't care if it comes in the fourth quarter. It's got to happen once. So um, I, I'm saying let it rip. Um, but one last, one last thing, Jeff. What's one bold prediction you have for the game against the Bengals uh, that you think will happen? Uh, one bold prediction. Uh, I'm going to stick with my X factor. I feel Miles Sanders is going to have a big game. I feel that he's going to, like you say, they're going uh, to get him involved and feast him the ball, whether it's in the passing game or the run game, to help move the chains and uh, pick apart this Bengals defense. So I'll say he goes for 150 yards from scrimmage, uh, and a touchdown to help lead the Eagles to victory. Awesome. Um, mine, whenever I look at teams that the Eagles play with poor offensive lines, I always want to say sack, sack, sacks. They're going to get a lot of sacks, but it's never the case. The offense always game plans around it, and um, they get the ball out quickly. You know, one thing I remember years ago, the Eagles were matched up so well against the Giants. Eli Manning was looking to have 10 sacks on him that game. He had zero because he just threw the ball out uh, one to two seconds. You know, Odo Beckham just feast uh, on the Eagles secondary. But um, anyways, I'm not going to go with the sacks because it just doesn't work. Um, you know, it's too easy. It makes too much sense. I'm going to go with Avante Maddox with my bold prediction. I think he comes away with at least one interception going leading towards two. Um, get the secondary off to a hot start. I think the pressure is going to force Joe Burrow into some poor decisions and he's going to have a good matchup. Joe Burrow is going to be scared to throw Darius Slay's way, so Maddox has a great opportunity to step up. So, um, you know, we hope that the Eagles are going to step up. Um, any uh, closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'll say, like, uh, I'm gonna, uh, like I've been saying this whole, uh, whole episode is, I'll say it's, it comes from Carson Wentz. It comes from Carson and Doug. They need a great game plan, and their backs are up against the wall. For them to fall 0-3 on the year, it's panic mode. You can kiss your season goodbye, and they're probably going to be sellers at the trade deadline. So I do not see that being the case this week. I do see the Eagles uh, winning this one. I'm going to say I feel the offense is going to get rolling, and they're going to put up a butt, buttload of points. So I see the, them winning probably maybe 34-17, to 17, I'll, I'll say. 34-17 Eagles victory to get the season on. On a, on a finally a winning note going on the year one and two into a must another must win game against the 49ers the depleted 49ers team in week four uh you can catch uh my podcast uh at birds uh on twitter and on facebook all about the birds uh we record a show every wednesday night we do go live facebook twitter and youtube and you can follow me for all my eagles thoughts and nfl thoughts uh like matt said at jeff warner nfl yeah. Again, thank you so much, Jeff. This is a great conversation. Um, definitely appreciate your uh, 
your conversation with me today. And again, guys, make sure you check out his podcast, check out his work on Twitter. You'll definitely enjoy it. So um, again, this is Jeff Warner coming on to the Birds Banter Podcast. Jeff, thanks again. Hey, thank you, man. All right, everybody. That's what we got for you for today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it and um, got some more clarity on where the Eagles season is heading and try to figure out what their issue is on this team, both offense and defense. Again, that was Jeff Warner joining me. Definitely appreciate his time and his thoughts coming onto the Birds Banter podcast. If you guys not, are not subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the Birds Banter podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Birds Banter, and on Instagram, Birds Banter PHL. If you haven't seen yet, we're doing Instagram Lives every single Monday at 8 p.m., We've done three so far. Great success talking question and answer with fans. Um, it's awesome to hear you guys' thoughts and answer your questions live in front of the audience. And if you're missing any of the Instagram lives, go to Birds Banter PHL on Instagram and check out our Instagram TV because we have all of them saved there. So until next time, go Birds. Wow.